it is statistically impossible to be fulfilled in life if you are not fulfilled at work. Mm. And you know, we can talk about when you're in unfulfilling work, the impact is not just feeling cruddy. You actually can deeply affect your physical, mental, spiritual health. Here's my, what I call the fulfillment formula. And before I share it with everybody, I wanna warn you that just because it's really simple, which it is, it is not easy. Or everybody else would be, you know, everybody would be fulfilled. So don't let that leave you. But Welcome, welcome to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest, an amazing topic for you. So if you're listening to this and then you're in the 60% of people in America who are not fully satisfied with your job, then this is the episode for you because we're going to talk about how to get a job that's fulfilling, one that you enjoy, that you feel rewarded to. And to do this amazing topic, I have the best guest for you and it's a good friend of mine, someone I met on LinkedIn, but who has helped me find fulfillment in my business and just, you know, find more enjoyment and hiring the right people and find the right thing. Anyway, she's amazing. You're going to get to know her. Her name is Emily Milius, uh, and she's a fulfillment coach who specializes in helping mid-career professionals find fulfillment careers that they enjoy. Emily, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love every opportunity I get to talk with you. So this is, we're going to have a blast. Everybody <laughs> buckle your seatbelts because I am sure this is going to be I love it. a I love great it. No, ride. Emily, I'm always get so energized by talking <laughs> yeah. to you because I feel like, I think you understand me is because I took the Kobe assessment. And so now I feel like you like look through me. So like, I think you know me more than I know myself. <laughs> That makes me think of, so um, years ago, so I've been doing this for 16 years and uh, years and years ago, it was really funny because someone felt the same way and their response was like, it's almost like, you know, what color underwear I'm wearing. <laughs> so anyways, that, that particular comment always stuck with me. Don't worry, everybody. I don't, I don't really get that deep, but um, yeah, I, that's just one of my secret weapons. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that, but it, one of my areas of expertise is, is helping people understand how they naturally operate. And the sad part about a lot of career coaching, career advice, which is totally well-intended, right? So not, not talking about bad motives here, but most people miss because they've never been taught about the biggest thing that we have to get right, which is not how smart we are and not even what we're passionate about. Okay, those things matter. But at the end of the day, it comes down to how do you get results? Because jobs are about how, getting stuff done. And anyways, my, my best tool for doing that is uh, the Colby Index. It's the only thing that measures that part. And yes, I've done that literally have assessed um, well into the thousands of people at this point. And uh, I guess I, it, you know, you kind of get pretty good at things after you do it that many times. <laughs> you know, you could be listening to this podcast and people are all over LinkedIn can say, Hey, how to let you know, we'll help you land your dream job. And what is a dream job? And like, and maybe I don't know if it's about like, for me, when I used to hear that, I used to just feel like, 
I would see people on Instagram or LinkedIn have their dream job, their, their dream business, their dream career. And I'm like, that's not attainable for me. Like, I just felt like, why can they do it? And I just feel like I can't do that. Right. And it sometimes feels like this, like, like magic thing. And, but to me, I'm very analytical and I like, the, like, I want to see the data. I want to see how this works. And one thing that when me, we got connected, I think it was probably three, four years ago. And, and I, a long time when I first did the Kobe assessment and you kind of like, uh, looked at it and we had a conversation about myself that I was super like, oh, this is, you have to do this with my wife. And I remember you helping me doing it with, with Jess as well, is that there's a science behind this and that getting a job that's fulfilling, the one that you enjoy, that you look forward to Mondays as much as you look forward to Fridays, right? It's not that you have to hate Fridays. Like you can love both. Like to me, I love Mondays as much as I love Fridays because they, they, they're they all, they're all great days for me. And that's because I know I feel fulfilled. And I think a big Part of that is thanks to you for you guiding me and designing my fulfilled job. Because as a business owner myself, I can choose and bring in and hire and outsource and delegate the things that don't bring me fulfillment and be able to keep and do the things that energize me, like doing this podcast, like coaching clients, right? Creating stuff. Um, and I think that's a lot of things to you. I've been able to design that. So I guess all this long story by saying, help us understand if somebody's listening and they're not happy they don't feel fulfilled like they have a good career they've been doing it for 10 years right but something in them it just feels like this is like they're just going a job for their paycheck help us understand how is it possible to find a fulfillment career and let's talk about that more because i know it is and can you talk to us more about it Yeah, for sure. So, so much I want to respond to in that, but I do want to share first a sobering statistic. And this was just such a smack in the face because for those people that you mentioned, you know, they've been at it 10, 15, 20 years in their career. They may very well be successful, right? They've got the job title. They have a pretty good salary. They've advanced, but it feels very empty, right? It, it, the, the word I hear all the time when people come to me is I'm just, I'm totally unfulfilled. And when that happens to people, a lot of times they try to make up for unfulfilling work mm. on the evenings and weekends, right? It's like, okay, well then I'll just take really good vacations or um, I'll just really pack in the, the awesome hobbies and family time. But here's the deal, folks. There's a great organization called Imperative and a couple of years back, they did a study and they found it is statistically impossible to be fulfilled in life if you are mm. not fulfilled at work. Why? So stop trying to solve for this on the fringes. So um, what I think is the reason uh, I'll try not to give a long answer, Daniel, because I'm detailed, too, because there's yeah. there's there's. It's multifaceted, right? But here's the biggest of them. We spend one third or 90,000 hours of our lives at work. Time. And I think it's just time. the sheer yeah, yeah. volume and time because think, so then there's probably another yeah. one third of chunk that's sleeping. So when you think of your waking hours and how much we're investing in something and you know we can talk about, when you're in unfulfilling work, the impact is not just feeling cruddy. You actually can deeply affect your physical, mental, spiritual health. And the toll that that takes, right? You, you can't outrun that by having 
a lot of fun on Saturdays, you know? So um, it's just, it is, I can't overstate enough. And I think that's why people feel so, so deeply needing for longing for fulfilling work because they realize that nothing else is cutting it. Like nothing else is fitting the bill. And I think that's why I have gravitated so much more to that mid-career professional because they really get it. They've been trying to fill the hole for a while with success. Like, oh, if I just get another pay raise, if I just get that next promotion, like it'll be okay. Like I'll be able to stand the crappy parts because this stuff looks good. Let me just tell y'all now, like, no. No, it's short-lived. And and I'm not against success. I like to be successful. I love cheering on Daniel at being successful. I am not saying that you have to trade in success in order to be fulfilled, but I am saying you got to put the the first thing, the right thing first. And what I coach people on doing is attaining success on the path to fulfillment, not attaining success at the uh sacrifice of fulfillment. So you could absolutely have your cake and eat it too, but you, you gotta have your so eye what? on the right prize. And I don't think, I think you would ask me about actually defining that. So no, I, no, I may I not have really that, answered that your question. Answer my question, but like, I think one. my follow-up question is like, how, how do I identify what is fulfilling for me? Right? Like, so like, let's, let's say, give you a scenario, right? Um, I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. I've been doing this for a long time. The reason I chose to be a CPA is because my parents told me an accountant is a really good major. You're always going to have a job. There's job security. You can be successful. You have a good income. And so I'm a CPA now. Now I've been doing this for 15 years, you know. Um, but I, to your point, like, I go do it. It's, you know, it's great. But, like, it's not. I, there's a part of me where I just don't feel fulfilled. But where do I start? Mm-hmm. Such a perfect question and the crux of it all, right? And so that's why after years and years of doing this, I developed my proprietary framework for this because I kept hearing like, it's, yes, I want a new job or yes, I want to get to something else, but, but how do I even know what fulfillment is? So here's my, what I call the fulfillment formula. And before I share it with everybody, I want to warn you that just because it's really simple, which it is, it is not easy or everybody else would be, you know, everybody would be fulfilled. So don't let that fool you, but it is simple. So here's the deal. Your fulfilling job requires alignment of your unique skills, passions, and talents, or to say it another way, fulfillment equals alignment of your what, your why, and your how. And so the more that you understand those three categories about yourself, the more you will be able to advocate for yourself in your career and get to that place of alignment. And in here's why it seems to be so hard for folks, and I alluded to this earlier, for the first several decades of our lives, it's all about what and why. So school is, so the first, you know, 20 some years of our lives, it's what we know, right? It's all about picking up skills, competencies, experience, training, knowledge, right? But is the smartest person always the most successful or fulfilled? Absolutely not. And this is why I especially love working with high achievers because they are really good about just, 
just about anything they put their, their minds to. And that's a blessing and that's a curse because excellence does not equate with unique ability or fulfillment, right? So um, we're all taught that, hey, if you're really good at math class, maybe you should consider being a math teacher. It doesn't, it's not a straight line like that. Um, then we all start hearing about follow your passions, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, right? And they're not totally wrong, but they're really not totally true. I think those are really misleading and can be very harmful statements for people because there's a lot of reasons, but passions are not permanent. And the other thing is we don't have one capital P passion in our life. Human beings aren't built like that. We're not designed like that. So we have lots and lots of passions at the same time or throughout our lifetime. So if we're staking these really big life and, and career decisions on what we believe is this, you know, unchanging capital P passion, we're going to get really upset or what often happens. And I just had a conversation with someone yesterday who said, you know, this really probably should have been a hobby, not a career. Um, and then that leads me to that last piece again, where some people just have never even heard of. So they, of course, they're not factoring it into their decisions, but it comes down to how do you function? When you are getting to a result, what are you willing to do to get to that result? And what are you not willing to do to get to that result? So you might be a person who values data gathering, who likes the idea of having informed decisions, but you might not be the person who's willing to go get the data yourself. So don't go be a data analyst for a job. Right. And, and so I think that's just where things that's where it's, a, it's just a piece of us as humans that we're not taught to think about or even be aware of. And so the, the, the beauty of that three part formula is you have to check all three boxes. And anytime we pull out one or more pieces of that equation, it doesn't work. So you got to get all three boxes. And I, and I love that. And I, I think I, I went through this with you. And so like, you've helped me understand this a lot. And so I, I am a, like, I know how this works from that point of view. But one thing, and, and I kind of want to just, again, ask if, if we were just having this conversation for the first time at a Starbucks, uh, which is that, great. So I just need to get myself, know, know myself better. So let me just go take some assessments online and do some sort of like strength finders or Myers-Briggs. Um, that way I know what types of jobs are going to be fulfilling for me. And to me, that was the answer. But after speaking to you, I, I realized that's not. And so I, will, I want you to elaborate a little bit more about how maybe you, about what I just kind of shared there. Yeah. Well, you know, first off, again, these are really consequential decisions, right? So when you're in that headspace, you're looking for resources, which is awesome to make big life decisions, right? So if you're that person, I want you to take the same kind of care that you're applying to your decisions yeah. about your future and your career to your choice around mm -hmm. the tool you're using to help you do that. And the assessment world does not make this easy. There are over 800 assessments, last I heard count. There's a lot out there and you name some of the big names, right? But please, please know that the familiarity 
or the popularity of a tool does not equate to quality of a tool. Okay, so a lot of assessment companies are really good marketers, but I, you know, I got some qualms with their research, right, and with the quality of their data. So that being said, here's the other dirty little secret. Personality is not, not a good long-term predictor really of anything, but it's, it's definitely not a good long-term predictor of, of where you fit. So before you rush out, and, and I get it, they might be advertising that on their website. They might be encouraging you to go take this assessment so that you can figure out which career path you want to be in. But dig a little deeper and do some research. So the assessments that I use with my clients last forever. We're measuring something about them that is unchanging. It's the same a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I feel good about them helping them make decisions about their future and career based off of something that's a non-negotiable. What people often don't realize is that those personality type instruments, which is the majority of what's out there, they expire in a year or less. So really the timeframe of the tool needs to match the timeframe of your decision-making. And so, you know, I didn't choose what to wear today based off of the weather forecast two years ago. That's silly, right? Like that's how that nobody does that. Um, it just doesn't make sense. We check the weather every single day and we make a 24 hour period decision about what to wear. So the time frame of our decision is matching so the time frame of the tool. Yeah, yeah. So, right? Um, and I'm not going to decide what to wear 20 years from now based off of today's weather forecast. Like it just, it may, that just sounds so silly, but that's what people are doing when they're trying to use a snapshot tool, like a personality instrument to make long-term predictive future decisions. And that's why they get frustrated when they feel like, you know, gosh, I showed up in the wrong outfit even though that thing told me I'm supposed to wear blue today, right? Um, it just doesn't work like that. So just, you know, really, really be careful about the kind of inputs you're putting into these kind, you know, these decisions. They need to be high quality, high caliber. And just because it says assessment doesn't necessarily mean it's the kind of a science. No, that, that makes really a lot of sense. So um, I guess, Emily, like, and, and I, I want to kind of, I know we could talk about this forever, right? And this is just like scratching the surface. I think. For me, like the goal of this podcast is like, if you're listening to this, that in you are not fulfilled, is that, that you understand that there is a way for you to do that. Like you don't have to finish the, the next half of your career or the last half of your career in an unfulfilled job uh, because I, I, and you correct me here because it doesn't always mean that you have to just change industry. Like if you're a CPA and you're not happy, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be a CP, like a CPA. Maybe you open up your own business and hire CPAs to do some of the things that you don't want and start doing some of the things that you do enjoy that are more fulfilling. And, and I think that's the lesson that I learned when working with Emily is like, it's, it's not that I, I, I've always wanted to, be, I like being a career coach. I enjoy that. It's not that is what my experience with Emily was like, you helped me so much. Emily is identifying what was I naturally good at? Like, what was I inclined? Like, how can I make better decisions and who should I hire that is going to, be a better fit to uh, 
overcome my weaknesses, right? Because if I'm strong here, then I need to hire people who are like, they create this perfect balance. I think we worked a lot about building a team around me that balanced it and had all the skill sets and, and talents that are needed to be successful. And so I, I say that because it's not so much of, like, sometimes I say, I, I don't want you to think that you're listening to like, okay, well, you're telling me that what I did for the last 20 years didn't count for anything. Like, no, I, I, that's not the case. I actually think that there's just a lot of options. And I think that's where I think I would encourage you all to work with a coach, specifically somebody who specializes in fulfillment like Emily, right? And it should be Emily if you're listening to this. Um, because I think it'd be completely worth it. But anything you want to add there, because I, I just, I'm, I'm talking from just personal experience and just from one point of view, you've seen hundreds, if not thousands of different cases. So you you definitely have a better point of view. Well, it what I hear from most of the people that come to me, again, they're mid-career successful by all appearances. Most people would probably be shocked to find out that they're struggling so deeply with this. But most of them tell me, that they're at a real inflection point in their careers and lives because they never felt like they got a chance to choose. You know, I'll hear all the time. I feel like I fell into this, this fell in my lap or, you know, a series of things happened and I just found myself as an accountant or I just found myself, you know, in this, in this situation. And I, I love hearing that actually from them because there's a resolve to choose. It's a resolve to be intentional moving forward. So I couldn't agree with you more. This is not about rehashing choices of the past. This is not about feeling like, what was it all for? It's, it's really a commitment to being intentional about the future and taking what we've done in the past and using that to propel us to even better places, more fulfilling places in our career. The other thing I'll speak to, because you said that fear of like, oh my gosh, are you just going to tell me I have to quit everything and start all over? And, you know, maybe I'm a nurse and now I need to be in sales, right? You know, I, I can't stomach that. And that is, that's not very common, right? You know, some people, yes, I've coached them through that. But first off, of course, I'm very practical with clients. You know, we, we, we think through that stuff. Um, but oftentimes it, it's really a smaller change than you think. And it, I think it just comes back to also your, your mindset around this. And you and I were even chatting about this. You know, you're not a victim of your circumstances. And if, if you adopt that internal locus of control, which is that, that mindset of if I don't like something in my life or world, I can change it. And oftentimes the change is, is really not as traumatic or dramatic as we fear it might be. I mean, any change is scary, but I encourage people take a small step, um, make a little adjustment because you might find that it, it's, it's so much more impactful to your overall health and fulfillment than you would have thought. And then the last concept I just want to share with everybody and, and to piggyback off of what you were sharing, Daniel, is fulfillment is not a state that you arrive at. So it's, it's a lot like health. So I know you care a lot about your health. I care a lot about my health. And unfortunately, you know, we don't get to this point of good health and go, 
I arrived. Awesome. I'm done. I never have to work at this health stuff again, right? It doesn't work like that. Health and being healthy is a series of small daily decisions, right? We're always working towards a place of health. Now, if we let our health slide, if we don't pay attention to our health for a long time, we might have to make bigger, harder decisions to get back there. And then we're kind of in maintenance mode. But I want to encourage everybody that fulfillment is the same thing. It's kind of like a type of health. But it's not like you're you're trying to get to just this like big arrival and then you're done. Um, I'm a fulfillment coach, and every single day I have to work hard to to keep to keep getting yeah. back to alignment, right? And so um, just just it's it's a it's a it's the accumulation of these small daily decisions. And I don't want someone to feel intimidated like it has to be this big grandiose act. For everybody, it's small daily decisions. So start where you are, start small. You might be surprised at how few little decisions and adjustments it takes to get you to where you need to be, but it absolutely will come back to your sense of self-awareness and understanding of, you know, what do you uniquely know better than anybody else? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What puts a fire in your belly? What kinds of things would you do if you never needed another paycheck again in your life? And how do you get stuff done? How did God make you to contribute and take action and get results? And the more you spend reflecting on that, the more you understand that, and the, the more you operate with intention in everything you're doing in your life and career, you will get the reward. So of good. So good. You were saying that and it's like, makes me really think about this thing of like the most important things in your life. You can never win, but you can always lose. And so like, if you think about, you said your health, right? Um, you, you can, I can get myself in shape, but again, I have to work on that every day and how I eat and how I exercise and how I take care of myself, uh, your relationships. I've been married for going to eight years now and that's great. But if tomorrow I don't treat my wife, right, she's leaving. So I can never win the game of marriage. The game, the the game is surviving. It's, it's the game is maintaining and growing. Um, same thing in business, right? Like my business has been great. But tomorrow I can mistreat my business, right? I can make bad decisions and the business will be gone faster than it takes, right? Your reputation takes a long time to build, seconds to destroy. And I think, uh, and you and you said it perfectly, it's like fulfillment is that way. You, depending on where you are right now, you might have to work really hard to kind of get in the habits and build that. But once you get to the point of fulfillment, does not guarantee fulfillment forever. You have to continue to work on it and continue to prioritize that and, 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 and that's, and that's, that just means it's meaningful, right? If, if it's important, you can never win it. You just have to maintain it and grow it and enjoy it. Uh, and, and that's that when I learned that concept is when I understood like, yes, you know, success is, it, it, it is the journey and it's not the destination because there's never an end. Um, and, and because that's because how we're wired as humans of understanding that we always want more. And so when you find fulfillment today, that definition of fulfillment will, will move, will continue to move. Um, just like your goals will, just like anything else. So look, as we wrap this up, Emily, this has been awesome. And I hope that the job seekers are here are, have enjoyed this conversation as much as I do when I get to talk to you. Um, but if people want to learn more about you, your services, what you do, what is the best way to learn about 
how you help individuals with fulfillment and, and just anything else that you do that is so amazing. Cause you know, I'm a fan, I'm a client, um, I'm a friend, you know, team Emily here. I love it. I love it. It's, isn't it so nice to have cheerleaders in life, everybody, you know, and that's, that's a part of fulfillment too. It's just having that community and people who cheer you on no matter what your good days, your bad days. Um, so I'm so thankful, Daniel, you're, you're that to me, but Hey, go to my website. It's my name. So Emily Melius.com. I'm sure you're going to post a link. Uh, cause I know the last, yeah, in the notes, I know my last name's a little tough, so it'll all be there. Um, and there's actually a free three minute training on the fulfillment formula. So if you, you know, maybe you're in your car, you haven't had a chance to take notes or you just want a quick refresher, go there. That's a great first place to go. Totally free. And then you'll also learn more about how we could work together to either find fulfillment in a new job um, or find fulfillment in the, the current path. Uh, again, that you're Emily, on. you're awesome. And for all of you guys listening, look, um, again, thank you guys so much for the support on the podcast. Um, I'll ask this odds are you know one person that's not fulfilled, one person that has come to you in the last couple of months, the last week, probably the last 24 hours, venting of what's going on at work or what's going on. If you know that person, share this episode with them. Just, just that's the only favor that I have. This podcast is free. We don't run ads. And I think that is the best way to help. If you're listening and you are listening to a lot of the episodes and you are a job seeker looking for a job, um, there's going to be a link down there so you can fill your information. My job and my team's job was to try to get you connected to the right career coach based on your goals and your background. Um, we only at Opni help international STEM students. So we understand that's 99% of job seekers are not that, but I also want to make sure we connect it with a good coach that's going to be able to reach your goals. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening. Emily, you are awesome and catch you all on the next episode. <laughs>